Welcome to the Digital Dissection Podcast, hosted by Joe Vinipol and myself, Mark Benke. We're two pop culture nerds dedicated to celebrating our favorite properties and talking to the creative minds and personalities that make them great. You might learn something new about pop culture history or rediscover the recent past. Follow us on social media for weekly pop culture content where we're always dissecting. Is there like a, a warm up that you've, you're doing to kind of get back into the, the swing of things, Chelsea? Like, is there a voice exercises, any of that fun stuff? No, I feel like if mm -hmm. I think about it too much, I'll get the yips. So yeah. I just. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it's funny to think about it this way, but there is like a like a, a muscle memory for this. It's I don't know, like Joe and I have been trying to keep our our podcast presence or mic presence or whatever and it's a thing like yeah you talk differently behind the mic do you notice that 100 mm percent. -hmm. actually <sighs> since we sat down we've been chatting here i've caught myself a couple of times and just who is this person <laughs> <laughs> who are you? you i do weirder things with my voice like for whatever reason i'm just like it's okay to be like, Whoa. I don't know, which is it really ever okay? <laughs> oh my God. It's, it's awesome to have you back because we, we obviously love the, the original trio and it's, it's good to have you back. And for those of you who aren't familiar, Chelsea was, was formerly a host of this show and we bring her back for special occasions and, and forgotten video games as it were. Yeah. <laughs> Little <laughs> gems that need to be revisited. I still can't believe that Little Big Planet is considered a forgotten game, but here we are 15 years later, and who's actually talking about it anymore? Yeah, just it's, me it's just... for a little bit after Joe asked yeah. me if I wanted to do the show. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's one of those things that is really weird in that, like, it is a game that had every, every, like, ounce of it lived up to the hype that was behind it, and then suddenly. Mm -hmm. It was just gone. Yeah. Never to come back. I think it was one of those where it blew people away almost in the beginning too, because mm -hmm. it was just a little bit different and it was really showcasing what that council of the time could do. And it was one where you could grab your friends and either complete a goal together or <laughs> <laughs> destroy each other miserably over and over and over again as you cackle. <laughs> These things and never happened. <laughs> no, no, never happened with any of the hosts on the show. No, no. Well, and then there was, the, there was the times when that one person just doesn't quite know how to complete the puzzle. And so you're trying your hardest to educate them on what to do next. And it just doesn't work. And I'm not quoting any specific experiences that I did, except mm -hmm. I did, and they're still kind of painful. Those those wounds may not have healed just yet. <laughs> <sighs> but yes, you know what? The year, though, was 2008, and we've been here before. Like, Joe, we, we've talked about Fallout 3, yeah. so mm -hmm. we've been in this space, but we... As we've done with this season, we've talked about what was going on during that time period the game came out. Little Big Planet was butted up against some major games, which is kind of impressive given 
how much a lot of people loved it because the competition was stiff. I mean, we got Grand Theft Auto 4, literally Star Wars Force Unleashed. Joe, your Super Smash Brothers brawl happened yeah. here. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, there's a lot of big games that were coming out that were like, you know, fighting for your holiday season attention here. I mean, what, what do you guys remember about 2008? Huh. Well, it was I my believe... freshman year of college. That's the year we met, Joe. <laughs> it is. It is the year we met. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. I mean, 2007, 2008. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That, mm-hmm, that realm. But yeah, no, it's, it is the year we first started hanging out. That, I mean, it was a whirlwind after that, basically. <laughs> it was, <laughs> Just, just friendship and things and uh, what? Like thinking even like of this game. Like while you brought up some other big titles, like there wasn't really anything else like this on the market at the time that had this really fun combination of whimsy, really really good graphics and like co-op, like work together, like completion style of play. It really was its own little corner of the market that I don't think anyone saw coming. And I don't know if this was initially like one of Sony's things where they're like, hey, so this whole Wii thing going on, maybe we tried the motion gaming thing. That actually kind of sucks. We're not good at it. But (laughs) what they do well over Nintendo is finding games that are fun to just get a bunch of people together and have a good time and play as opposed to having to like go over a Wi-Fi connection to play games with. What if we tried something like that? And if that was their goal, Little Big Planet hit it out of the park. 100%. Absolutely. And I do think the fact that it was a standalone, or not standalone, but it was a title specifically for Sony and the PlayStation, it really mm-hmm. set itself apart from all of those other big games that you could really get out on most of the main consoles at that time. Mm-hmm. So I think it was a big divider almost in the beginning of those council wars too mm-hmm. in that time you're right because the vibe i kind of felt back in 2008 for this game is very similar to the switch having animal crossing new horizons mm-hmm. like like you can't get that experience unless you have an older nintendo console that can play the previous version of animal crossing and there's just not a lot of these games that were ridiculously creative ridiculously british <laughs> and and had stephen fry <laughs> telling you what to do mm-hmm. next so i mean kudos to uh media molecule who was the developer behind the game before sony and the playstation published it but the charm of the british which is something that uh i don't think i use very often as a term but it's seriously there's a vibe to this game that has nothing to do with the gameplay, the graphics, the story. It's literally just like, I feel encased by British. What did you guys yeah, so <laughs> think Mark, of that? Are, are, you, are you trying to say this game was your cup of tea? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. it, it, could, it, it could be the baked beans with my breakfast, Joe. Yes, <laughs> it could be. I mean, <laughs> I, but it, seriously, like you don't see a lot of games that like have this, this like crazy unique profile like Little Big Planet does. And I know I just skipped over like all the obvious things, but but that charm, you just don't get it with a lot of these titles. Like like Grand Theft Auto 4. It's one of the most popular games that came out in 2008. I mean, you can't really say there's charm to murdering people, stealing cars and, you know, 
shuttling drugs across the city. It's just not quite that, the same level of chill. The charm that of the for streets. most people know. <laughs> <laughs> the t- See, Chelsea, that term makes me think of like brushing your teeth with a finger, you know? <laughs> it's like, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't feel clean at all. Right. <laughs> charm of the streets, baby. <laughs> I love it. Well, here's what we'd, I'd love to do for a second. Now, Chelsea, I'm going to give you the the first crack at this because obviously you're our guest. You're coming back to help us out here. But could you describe Little Big Planet to us in your own words? Of course. Yes, I do. I think you have to go with the charm, like you said. It's something that's so charming and so lovely, and it's soft and plushy and bright, and the, and the sounds... It feels like you're skipping through a meadow, but then at the same time, you have that just little backhandedness from Stephen Fry too that makes you feel like he's also putting you down, and which I also feel like is very British. <laughs> <laughs> so, right, to me, it is just, it's whimsy. It's a juxtaposition to... Look, everything looking soft and smiley mm-hmm. to then there being all these real risks and dangers. And it's even better because you're doing it with your friends. And I think me or to me, the thing that really nailed that and made it a success was the physics in that in that game, what you were able to do, what you were able to grab onto, who you were able to grab onto and accidentally pull them to their death <laughs> along with you. Accidentally. <laughs> Sometimes you'd be fine, but other times you'd kill, you know, your companions and mm-hmm. and then you just start all over again. And generally it it either ended, mostly ended in fits of laughter, I think, because you there were so many ways to die. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Not, not all of which are theatrical, but like you mentioned, there, there have been times when two friends just happened to occupy the same space in the air at the same time. And yes, you both fall to your deaths together, but yeah, at least you do it with a friend. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. Joe, sometimes what about it's you? falling. What, yeah. so, sometimes it's falling. Sometimes it's being squished. Um, uh, but no matter how you go out, you do tend to laugh at it. And then sometimes you're having so, so good of a time laughing at your own demise that you end up without realizing you've respawned and you just do it again in succession. Uh, it's, it's just, just a good time, no matter what's happening to you. But again, part of the charm of this game is who you are. And that is the sack. I knew you, you were going to get sack boy right here. Yeah. Sack boy. We have sack boy because you can see he is adorable. He's pretty simple in design, and he is basically an open or a fresh palette for you because throughout the game you can unlock different things to decorate your sack with. Um, most notably, I think at least in uh, our college household, uh, would be a red cape, some swimming trunks. Uh, and a box with a pushpin for a nose and some springy googly <laughs> eyes, uh, who became probably the greatest video game mascot of our generation. Looks so. like a job for the box. <laughs> <laughs> See, you just 
That, with, with, with that level of like customization, you just get attached to your own character so much that you love playing the game almost no matter what's going on because any level of frustration you have over not being able to complete a level, um, at least you're doing it with a little buddy that you made entirely 100% your own. And that's, that's like the, the potential of Little Big Planet. Like, because when, when I was playing it, Yes, I was like hounding the PlayStation Store looking for the next customizable thing I could throw on my Sackboy. But, <laughs> but at the same time, it was like there's people making things because there's a very rich little big planet community that's customizing and doing all kinds of stuff. And Joe, I, I was actually going to say the same thing you just mentioned that to me, yes, it was like Sackboy was me. Like they managed to squeeze an overweight Filipino man into a tiny little, you know, burlap sack dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah God, his hairline's like mine so it's like yeah man i love that dude and <laughs> and so I, I think for me it was like that level of like adorable for me was really kind of reprogramming my own mind because all these other hyper violent games that we're playing in the same time frame yeah it's like you can kick your feet up a little bit i mean it's not going to be entirely chill but you're, you're in good hands sackboy's going to take care of you I don't know. I, I really, I, I escaped into this game. I don't know about you guys. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. And uh, like, like you said, like uh, how it's not going to be like, I don't know, terrifying because there's not really bad guys. I mean, there are bad guys. There are things trying to kill all of the little sacks out there, but they are equal parts whimsy. Actually, no, I'd say they're they're overly whimsy to terrifying. So even if you're gonna die, it's like, you know what? It's a weird walking chicken thing. Like, yeah, it's kind of ridiculous that it killed me. I think it's more odd that I've died than I'm than me being mad or scared about it. It's hilarious. That's the part. Mm-hmm. That's so much fun. It's even when you fail, failing is funny and it's okay. I'm just gonna try it again, or maybe I'm gonna take this different approach, or maybe I, I'm going to do it. In the same exact way, but it's going to be funny. <laughs> and and then suddenly there's a, a Henry the Eighth puzzle that just shows up, and you've got to <laughs> jump over it and and like time mm-hmm. your jumps. And it's like once again that that British charm just kind of shoots out randomly, and you never yeah. really know where it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. But I, I think for me this is a a unique game because I don't typically play a lot of side scrollers or you know 2d ish types of games like honestly they they kind of bore me uh, i i just don't really put myself into those anymore um occasionally i would play like you know classic mario or you know snes mario generations but this game was actually the thing that kind of got me back into that genre uh, mm-hmm. because it's not just 2d like there's a lot of depth to these like these levels there's hidden areas there's collectibles mm-hmm. there's there's stuff you missed the first time like i got pissed off when i would finish a level and it would show me the percentages of the things that i collected <laughs> and it's not 100 percent. and i'm like oh my god i am the collector <laughs> yes. Yes. well i must have all mm-hmm. these things <laughs> And what also is great about this is instead of like, you know, some games that after you complete the storyline, it just says, oh, now the real game's begun and you can grind the same raids over and over again, is that you actually can't complete levels on the first time you run through them very often because you can unlock new puzzles and unlock different parts of the level by getting certain stickers and putting them on specific spots. And you earn those stickers 
as the game goes on. So that means you can go back to that first level and unlock that part that you couldn't get before. And usually because, again, of the, the fun, whimsy nature of the game, you're not really mad about having to go back and replay one of the early levels because you had fun doing it and you kind of want to do it again. Yeah, Absolutely. I mean... I, I Especially that, when you can unlock more costumes, more fun ways to customize mm -hmm. your spaceship, different weird other strange outfits. Yeah, maybe I want to add, I don't know, a big dinosaur head to to my character. Or maybe I want to wear a really weird pair of wings or who, whatever. Maybe I want to wear a bag on my head with my... Oh, my God. With my yep. cape, you know? Yeah. A really good I'd companion for a kid with a box. This just made me think of uh, putting a zebra head on at one point, because do you remember, speaking of things that happened in 2008, do you remember when we watched that weird Japanese superhero movie called Zebra Man? Yeah, and then that I do. Just, just kind of, yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> how, how could that not be a super weird thing? It's, it's literally Zebra Man. Like, that's not, there's no mm -hmm. way that could be normal to me. <laughs> I feel like I've seen weirder. I, mm -hmm. I will say, Joe and I did watch a film called Zombie Ass Toilet of the Dead, which we've referenced yep, on this I knew program that was a coming. few times. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not devoid of mm -hmm. watching strange things for the sake of referencing later. Um, but, <laughs> but one thing that I did reference that we even talked about before we hit the record button here was just, just how Sackboy has this, this presence about him, right? Like, normally things without elbows and knees are kind of strange to look at, but not him. Like how he moves because of these like limitations in his joints and how to your point, Chelsea, the physics of Sackboy don't apply to what like a normal jumping person would. Mm -hmm. Right. Like he has mm -hmm. no calves. He he's not athletic. No. He can't get He's ups. a bag of beans. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look at him. Yeah. He's like 90% weight in his head. They all run with their heads forward because that's where the weight is. <laughs> they do. They do. They, seriously. If a baby mm -hmm. could run, that's what it would look like. Seriously. 100%. Yeah. But the, the thing I wanted to mention, though, was what you can do with Sackboy that has nothing to do with actually like progression through the levels. It's simply how you have emotions that you can assign to your sack boy when you just mm -hmm. want to show off an emotion. And for me, there's two things that like instantly bright up my day. Um, usually it's watching somebody get hit in the balls and then <laughs> watching sack boy smile without teeth. Like his smile mm -hmm. is, is ridiculously infectious. I love it. I can't yeah. get it. The cry is amazing too, with the giant uh -huh. crocodile tears and the big quivering lip. <laughs> His yeah, entire you, face you could, moves. Yeah, it, it's 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 great that you bring this up because part of the again all the fun of the game is that you can control the emotional state of your sack boy just by I think using the D pad would make it so that you could change. Yeah. You typically use the uh, the joysticks to move, and so you could either make your um, your your sack boy. Anywhere from happy to like, like jubilant or jovial or something really like top shelf happy. You could do the same with like yeah. mad all the way up to furious. I think you could do sad. And I, I think well, I want to say scared was the fourth direction. Yeah. You could just have yeah. them run around with these crazy emotional states. And every single one of them you felt 
Like, yes. he's like, you were really happy when you made your sack happy. You felt like, oh, no, someone's hurt my little dude when they're so sad. And then when they're angry, oh, no, little sack is angry. Don't no, no, look at him. Yes, <laughs> like, they did. They did such a good job mm-hmm. of building in that level of emotion into the game. And just, again, they're not realistic. Nothing about mm-hmm. it is realistic. But they did a very good job of connecting the sack to the player and then letting them share those emotions. And really, it's funny, especially when you're, it just lets you really play into a situation. Mm-hmm. Butter it up even more, get people laughing even more or even angrier. It's, it's the best. <laughs> so satisfying. <laughs> I, I will mm-hmm. say this is, this is one of those rare games that my wife and I actually played together. And so when we would go into, like, you have these, like, happy and, like, almost like uh, fairy tale like levels that you're playing through. But then suddenly you, like, enter a haunted house area with little puppet ghosts on strings and stuff. (laughs) And the tone changes completely. And so her and I would play this up all the time. Like, we would suddenly get to, like, a, a hazard or something. And whoever got there first, their sack boy or sack girl in this situation would just make the terrified emotions (laughs) yes (laughs) (laughs) and it's a tiny little piece of gameplay but it it totally like changes things for you like you i don't know there's something about seeing this like adorable little thing crying or being terrified that just makes me stop what i'm doing and Mm -hmm. i'm just gonna say it's much more fun Mm -hmm. than drug running it just is (laughs) 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 not speaking from experience Mm Maybe, maybe we could yeah. say like video game drug running or virtual drug running. Um, uh, yeah. Virtual car stealing. Yes. Mm-hmm. Better yeah. than those there things. Mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> I, I think so. Uh, you know, the, the one thing that did come up with this game a lot, and not just within me and the wife playing, but it was like friends that would play it too. Overall, how difficult was this game for both of you, both of you like Chelsea and Joe? Like, how difficult was this game at points for y'all? Not. Yeah, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't think it was very difficult. I mean, there were definitely challenges sometimes mm-hmm. within it that like, okay, I we need to try this a couple of times or maybe we like, mm-hmm. okay, everyone like, let's get serious now. <laughs> I'm sick of this. I don't want to <laughs> die on spikes anymore. We're going to do this one last time. <laughs> and we're going to move on. <laughs> so no grabbing people we have to make these jumps <laughs> platform or get out <laughs> yeah like, I, I think like the game is as difficult as you want it to be so if you yeah. want to just like if you want to just get through the game it is easy it is not hard at all You're, anyone's going to be able to do it and it'll be a fun time in the process but they do afford you like or give you opportunities to complete like more challenging things. So like uh, like Chelsea said, like we're gonna we're all gonna make this jump because there's a different part of the level that we we haven't gotten to yet and we don't need to do it to beat the game, but god damn it, what's up there? So <laughs> you have to try and get figure out what's going on. So you can choose to basically challenge yourself as you go or just enjoy the whimsies you get through the game. Yeah. That, which I agree with too. Like the, for me, I actually considered it somewhat challenging if, if you're trying to do teamwork. I mean, just just mm-hmm. like any, just like any college project, uh, there's like the one guy with a three foot long beard, and you know, so, 
someone dressed up as a samurai and you just don't know how you're going to figure it out. But that was usually where the game got difficult for me. It was like, yep, I have to rely on somebody else to hit a jump or grab onto something or, you know, be where they're supposed to be. And yeah. And, and you can't trust a guy walk around a quilt year round in Wisconsin. Like who's being a game <laughs> with that guy? No, no, absolutely not. I, 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 but that's, that was universal for me. Like it didn't matter which game I was playing, whether it was the first, second or third version of this, but like, particularly with this one, I think this was the game I spent the most amount of time with. And it wasn't just because of the story. It was also because of what Chelsea mentioned with your pad, where you can customize this little, you know, it's like a, it's like a shoebox that's at the top of a room on, you know, in a real world or whatever. And that's where I spent hours just putting stickers oh and like <laughs> implanting things into the pad that weren't there before and turning it into me. I, I have to ask what went into your pads? Like what, what did you guys actually design your pad to look like? So I feel like given... it changed constantly. Mm-hmm. Constantly. Yeah. I think for you it did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I you... mean, I could, mm-hmm. I, yeah, mm-hmm. mine, mine absolutely changed all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, or if, I mean, playing with my husband and I, it would be like, okay, this half is yours and this half is mine. <laughs> and so you get to decorate that half and mm-hmm. I get to decorate this half. <laughs> but otherwise, yeah, it, it changed yeah. all the time. You'd get something mm-hmm. new and then I would want to go and see what it is. And it's just this giant head of something or something else that's really cute and adorable. <laughs> and I want to put that mm-hmm. all over the place now. Yeah, it definitely... It played into uh, it played into my short attention span for sure. <laughs> it was great for me. <laughs> Little dopamine mm-hmm. hits everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, mm-hmm. I, so that's that's actually like crazy accurate for me because yeah. if if it was collecting something, yes, I'm addicted to doing that. But then there was the the PlayStation Store, which back in like the the early to like mid 2010s, the PlayStation store for me was like this mythical area because I still had to go buy the scratch off cards to input a code to put funds <laughs> in. I wasn't using a credit card yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Mm-mm. It just feels weird to say that about myself, but yes, I was not, I didn't trust myself with a credit card. And so like the concept of going out and buying the card, bringing it home and then going to buy the stuff that, that was actually like an experience into itself for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so buying things uh, for my games like that was kind of unheard of, especially when I had to tell the people I was dating and in relationships with that, yes, I'm putting real money into a video game world. <laughs> Doesn't Kratos look awesome? Oh my yes. God, yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh God, the, the amount of customization possible with Sackboy just because of tie-ins alone mm-hmm. was everything to me like the majority of the time my sack boy was dressed up like Ezio Auditore da Firenze oh yeah of course he would be <laughs> mm-hmm. but every now and again he was a ghostbuster occasionally mm-hmm. he was Kratos like you mentioned yeah yep. I mean he just he looked, he looked great no matter what he was doing he yeah did. Sony mm-hmm. did great with the lights to sing there they really they really did a good job mm-hmm. I, yeah. miss it all I think my again. mine was Nathan Drake for quite a while <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm <laughs> That's why so am I cute? Why, why am I not shocked? Why am I not shocked? <laughs> Isn't it funny though? It's like Nathan Drake and Kratos and all of these characters that are like 
super tough and really like rugged. And then on the sack, it's just like, they're just the cutest it's little Kratos cute. there ever was. You're just the cutest little God of War. Yeah, you, yeah. you go out there and you kill all the guys you can, little guy. You have a good time. Yeah. You do it. You kill I believe in you. Kill him dead. But be back home before the lights turn on, okay, honey? You, you go ahead and make your face angry. Let know you mean business. You go. Get him. <laughs> You come cry to me if you have a hard time. <laughs> oh, well, this is the part of the program where it, I wouldn't say it's a hard time, but we do have to start giving some ratings out to this game as it's part of our retro review. And Chelsea, we're going to give you first crack as we begin to give out some some points here. So we start off with the graphics of the game, which is out of a possible five bubbles, which for those of you who haven't played the game or haven't played it in a while, bubbles are pretty much everything behind collecting in this game. So on the graphics scale, Chelsea, what do you want to give that out of five bubbles? I give it a five. I give it five bubbles for graphics. Um, I mean, obviously, it's not something that you can compare to super, super realistic looking games that are possible on modern consoles. But in the time what they did with with what they had available, mm -hmm. which was, I mean, still pretty good. They were still pretty good mm -hmm. graphics on on those consoles, but it, it was great. I think they absolutely nailed it, and they conveyed that really well with how we feel about the way the characters looked, interacted, and yeah, they nailed it. Awesome. Well, Joe, <laughs> what about yourself? What do you uh, think about graphics? I, I'm going to follow up with another five bubbles out of five on this one. Um, simply because like they were they were perfect for what they were doing. Like Chelsea said, it wasn't a graphics monster, but it didn't have to be, because like everything looked like it was either made out of cardboard or uh, burlap, or like a kid had made it. They have it like tied from a string, so it didn't need to be a graphics monster. But because the PlayStation Three was capable of putting out really good graphics for its time, it looked all crisp and looked well and you had simple enough cinematics that it transitioned seamlessly from the stuff that you would see in a trailer to what you were playing with. So mm -hmm. because of that, like it was just constant, like good presentation and it fit the vibe that the game was trying to get. So were there like, you know, more graphic rich games out there? Absolutely. But that's what they needed to be. And this game didn't need that. So therefore five out of five bubbles for me. Fantastic. I mean, I'm I'm not going to go against the grain here because I agree with the same concepts, right? The it, just when you look at at Sackway as a character, like I feel like if I could touch the TV, I would feel that burlap. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, yes. I would feel the the cords of that thread. Like, like it. <laughs> yeah, Joe keeps for those of you who are like listening and not watching. Joe has an adorable Sackboy that he keeps pulling up at, at, at comedic moments, but. I agree, though. Like the the immersion for me is is in the graphics, right? Because I've brought this concept up with Assassin's Creed Two before that there are moments during scenes where like someone's hands reach up onto something, and it feels like you're looking at carrots, like with fingernails <sighs> on them. Like it just doesn't mm -hmm. look right. Mm -hmm. But when you zoom in on things in Little Big Planet, it doesn't matter what it is. The texture is going to be on point. You're going to be like, yeah, that looks like a old piece of wood that somebody put a way too thick layer of paint on. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm getting that vibe, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. So they they absolutely nailed it. They delivered on that. Um, and and for me, I, I look at all of the, the same physics and stuff that you guys have talked about before. 
Um, the lighting is is fantastic. There's none of those moments where you see like those weird pixelated shadows and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, no, they 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 have this really well done too. And for them to not be like a, a studio, like a like a naughty dog, right? Mm-hmm. I just was not expecting that level of clarity from a 2D platformer. And yeah, it's it's immersion at that point. Like I I feel like I'm really into that game and there's nothing really breaking my my sense of like belief or disbelief right so yes perfect score on the graphics i'm giving that a five bubbles uh how about we'll, we'll change this up joe we're not going to do the snake Ooh. like we normally do so we're going to come back to chelsea on gameplay chelsea what are your thoughts on little big planet's ability to play game i feel like i don't i don't want to go too easy on it here um <laughs> I want to go I'm going to be I'm going to be lame. I'm going to go like 4.5. I'm going to go pretty darn high. And mm-hmm. and it's not a 5 just because I felt like I couldn't follow it up twice. <laughs> That's fair. It's it's a 4.5. Um gosh, but it's almost not fair to say that because <laughs> the gameplay especially, you know, it's funny to me. I never really played Little Big Planet solo. And so maybe that is a big reason why I have such such a good experience because I've always played it with two or more players and it just changes it into a whole different experience versus running running something solo. So I I think that's a big indicator. So yeah, I'm going to hit it with a, a 4.5 it was great, great to play with friends. Pretty simple grasp on controls. There really wasn't a whole a whole lot. Um, were all too all too difficult. A lot of it was timing and chance, and mm-hmm. and somehow it still just worked. And it's great. Four point five. <laughs> all right, I, I struggled. All throughout that feels terrible. I come back at the end and I switch it to a five. No one be surprised. (laughs) All right, Joe, what do you think? Gameplay. Well, I, I'm not going to struggle with it. I'm just going to give it a five, five bubbles out of five. I'm not going to be, I know, I know. Like I feel bad. because like, just like, I can't give it a, I can't give it two perfect. I'm like, I can like, just because. I'm that asshole professor that doesn't give A's, apparently. <laughs> well, if you did, you would give the A minus. I mean, yes. Yeah, but not that's so. very true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to, to most of us, the A minus is just as acceptable. But then there's those oh, assholes yeah. with those, those specific mm-hmm. A minus, A, A and A plus, and they all mean a different numerical value. Yeah, it's fine. You're gonna be fine with a minus a plus or regular. Just, just sit down and do your work, kid. Like, come on. But, but anyway, you can see where I am as a teacher. Like, God damn it, kid, just be fine. That's with the where grade. you're at. That's what. That's you where got. you're at. <laughs> but I'm not satisfied with a minus, Mister Vinipal. Like, I really don't care. Like, good lord. Like, you're passing. Just be happy. <laughs> but anyway, what do you think that your little big planet gameplay? Because you're not. <laughs> you're not. Because <laughs> that, that is the A plus that you will never be. 
<laughs> well, yeah, let's, but, let's hear your justification yeah. then. Yeah, you got a to, perfect score. To that point, <laughs> like, I think part of like what Chelsea said is that a lot of the gameplay is based off of timing and chance. And when I find like even when you like you fail at the timing and chance, you're never really that mad about it. And you're not frustrated. You never get frustrated to the point where you want to quit. Because again, like mm -hmm. your sack of dying is just as adorable as him succeeding. So you just kind of keep pushing yourself to keep playing. And like, you know, like Chelsea said, like she doesn't think she's ever played this game alone. Part of the fun of this gameplay is that you can be playing and someone sees what you're doing and like, hey, looks pretty cool. Can I play? And you're like, yeah, sit down, make a sack. And then you just get <laughs> people involved. And it's, it's just a really fun experience to play the game, whether you are succeeding or failing. And I, can, I cannot say that about many games. Even games that I really like, I can get really frustrated with and like, I need to take a break because I mm -hmm. don't want to hate this game. And that never happened with Little Big Planet. Like, no matter how much we kept dying and failing, it's like, okay, okay, it's fine. It's gonna laugh. We'll get the laughs out, we'll do this. And then, then we did. So yes. it's, it is something that just, just, you know, fires on all cylinders for me. Five bubbles out of five. See, now I, I am going to be contrarian here for a little bit because, yes, I love this game. I, I had a lot of fun with it. But for me, not really being as much into, like, the traditional platformers, I should say, 2D platformers because there's plenty of 3D ones out there. For me, Joe, I was one of those guys that would like get a little frustrated when you're going for uh, like a trophy where you have to do a very specific thing in either a period of time or not take any damage. And that just doesn't work when you have li literally a guy without any kneecaps or elbows. You just <laughs> have a hard time doing that. He has so... five joints total, just the five. <laughs> And we still don't know where they are, by the way. No. <laughs> Guessing one's a job, but still, like, it's... <laughs> so, for like, I, that's that's the only thing that I would say is a little bit of a drawback for me is that I'm used to games where I feel like I have control of, of my own destiny. And sometimes with the, that little sack and just his inability to have ups, like, it's <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. Sometimes the mm -hmm. gameplay struggles because of that. You're like, oh, my God, I got to try this jump, like, ten times. Yes, the majority of the time it's satisfying to get through it. But for me, when it's like, oh man, I mistimed my jump by like 0.1 seconds and I, I, I'm fucked again for the 15th time. <laughs> it's, that's not always fun to me. So yeah, die and repeat, not always a, a pathway to success. But even then, I'm still going to give it a four out of five because it, it is still enjoyable, like we mentioned. As far as gameplay goes, there's enough differences in the designs of levels and things that you have to do where it doesn't feel like you're doing the same thing, like a fetch quest or, you know, follow this person and then pickpocket them because, you know, you need to follow someone for a year before you steal something off of them. Like, <laughs> it's not like that. So, I, yeah, I, I would say it, it's still pretty high marks, but not a perfect score. But on the replay value, Chelsea, would this game keep you coming back for more? I want to play it right now. Five. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Damn. Very decisive this time around. No struggle. Yep. No, no struggle at all. It's it's a five. I would. I would play it right now. Let's, hey, screw this podcast. Let's go play. <laughs> well, okay. Okay. But is it is it just the concept of being able to play with friends and 
you know, doing these mutual things together? Or is it any of the other aspects of the game that existed, like the communities and being able to find custom content? Like what, what kept bringing you back? It absolutely was a community thing. It was a playing with friends. It was one of those like, eh, what do you think we should do? Oh, I know, you know, like looks like a jab for the box, you know? I mean, <laughs> it's it's just one of those things. And before you know it, you've blown a couple of hours and you've maybe laughed until you cried a couple of times. I, I have actual memories of my face hurting or like having to hold like my stomach, I'm laughing so hard. And it's not one person, but it's the whole, it's everyone that's playing. You're just dying. And it's hilarious. I mean, yeah. Uh, so replayable. The levels were great. They were beautiful. There's some that I'm thinking about right now that I just want to see. I want to walk right into a disco level and have that music like and just the lights and everything i i want it yeah all right joe well what what do you think on the replay value metric i i i'm i'm keeping my my five bubbles going with this one just because it's a game that like i can honestly say like it's designed to be replayed in like mm -hmm. every aspect of it again like uh, like how you said before how like you'll play through a level but you can't quite complete it because you need to get something else that you'll earn in a different level and have to come back and do it. So just getting through the story has a lot of replay to it. And then when you find that that's done or that maybe you just kind of feel like you're done with it, there's a whole online community of where people have made custom levels. And with the just endless amount of creative possibilities that lie in that, like you can just keep going as much as you want and keep coming back. And like, like Chelsea said, like the, the thematic crafting of even the levels within the story of like the disco level, or I can like vaguely, like, like not a vaguely, but very specifically remember like a industrial, like city level where mm -hmm. it had like the perfect music, the perfect, like kind of like gritty industry feel to it. And like, you ended up like having to participate in a street race. So you got a fun, fast and furious vibe out of, out of like this industrial thing. And even then, like, like those things the fact that you can create cars out of very simple geometric shapes that look hilariously goofy and they literally just have a a, a go and like don't go button like you just you can make it go forward you can go backwards and it just accelerates to like stupid speeds that you can't control like it's <laughs> it's just fun like you can create so many things you can keep replaying things and it just kind of makes you keep wanting to come back until eventually they make a sequel so that you have to do the whole thing out. So you get to do it with the sequel after that. So for, for me, the replay value was not just like story driven because as you mentioned, Joe, I would go back for every bubble. I would go back for every sticker. I'd go back for every single thing mm -hmm. that I needed to be on my game to go get. And that alone is already a really good sign of like replay value that they know based on the design of a level, you're not going to get this the first time. Or mm -hmm. if you do get it the first time, like you were really fucking good if you were able yeah. to do it. Mm -hmm. So to me, it was like, this is one of those rare scenarios where a video game goes, Hey, you know what? Luck isn't going to be the thing that determines your success. Like your skill is actually going to be that thing. And this, I'm not saying it's punishing or anything, 
But I, I feel that reward when there's something cool that I want to get that I can't reach. And then you yeah. finally get to it, you know, like that kind of stuff is really cool. And, and a lot of developers don't put that much thought into it. So they really did here. But the replay value, as I mentioned, I would just sit in my, my little pad and just design stuff, put stuff in there, you know, <laughs> admire it, let Sackway do his little bouncing back and forth, smile and just geek out. There's just so much hours put into it. I, I'm not even joking. This is a hundreds of hundreds of hours game for me. Mm -hmm. So yeah, perfect score on the replay value. I'm not going to fuck around either. <laughs> but <laughs> but the, the last metric we have, and this is a, a metric that has killed some games, mm -hmm. but made others one of the top rated of all time. It is the music of the game. <sighs> and Chelsea, what, what do you want to say about the music of Little Big Planet? It's a five. It's another <laughs> five. I, I think I've already talked about the music a little bit and, and really how much it does make the game. It sets the stage. It is a total vibe. It it lets you know how you should be feeling in mm -hmm. in that time, whether it be like excited or scared or really amped up. It does a great job of just continuing to nail the emotion and and really the whole feel of being in that game. Joe, what about and, you? And like who doesn't oh. love Mozart, right? <laughs> yeah. Some mm -hmm. some new age Mozart stuff. I'm yeah. here for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I was going to say, like, uh, few things have ever made me remember, like, a fifth of Beethoven quite <laughs> like this game. Is it Beethoven? Uh, Do I mm -hmm. not know my classical artists very well? <laughs> Shame on me. There's yeah. going to be some audio file out there that yeah. wants my head. <laughs> yep. And he's like, yeah, you already said it and you can't take it back. Oh, oh God. Oh, my God. I got jokes all night, everyone. <laughs> I guess. How long have you been waiting for that one? Ooh. Years. Literal years. No one ever does <laughs> Mozart setups, like black setups. No. What happened? <laughs> wow. I've been cooking for like a decade. But anyway, um, yeah, no, like, <laughs> like, like Chelsea said, like the music is just absolutely perfect in this game. Um, because it, whether it needs you to feel like, you know, excited that you're starting something new so you've got that fifth beethoven playing and it's just fun and upbeat or whether it's gonna be like even like i said like gritty industrial like it's gritty it's industrial but also kind of goofy at the same time uh because suddenly you just get like weird little like um oompa loompa style like voices start popping and making little tones and uh in it so that's always fun and even like the like like a haunted mansion has a little ooh feel to the music. So it <laughs> like the music hits every single time. At no point is it is it ever out of place. Is it ever absent unless it needs to be absent? And it it works. It works hundred percent. So five bubbles out of five on music. You know I, this is one of those rare times when I'm going to say that I can't recognize a song by name because I I say it every single time. But I will say that this is one of the rare games where, like, there's, like, a song that's being played by a guy on a, a flute and maybe a guy on a recorder, and that's it. And it, <laughs> it conveys the happiness of the scene and everything that you need mm -hmm. to have going on. And I'm like, uh, okay, like, whoever did the music got the assignment. 
there's mm-hmm. there there was no no confusion over anything happening. The tones make sense. The the, the happiness conveyed by what's going on comes through in the music. Um, I don't remember the Little Big Planet like theme song that that I think uh, has shown up in most of the the commercial appearances of the game. But in my head, I can still hear that song. Like I, mm-hmm. it's it's very it's very specific. And yeah, for me, like I, I never had to stop and think about the music. Like it's, it's, it's taking me along on this journey. So I don't know. I, I, I loved it. I can't really say anything bad about it. And so of course I'm going to give it a five, which means that this is easily Joe and Chelsea, the top rated game we've ever put on mm-hmm. this retro review. We ended up giving it a 58 and a half possible out of 60 bubbles. Nice. So, so basically 97 and a half percent. We're not fucking around with A minuses or just standard A's, guys. We're in that A plus territory. That is an A plus. <laughs> yes. The That's curve has spoken. Seriously, I'm not shocked at all because uh, Chelsea, to mirror your statements about this, this was like a crowning achievement for the PS3. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a reason why Sackboy appeared on like every piece of like the PlayStation 3's marketing and the campaigns that went along with it. And I mean, I, I, I'm, it's crazy to think that we're not really talking about it anymore, except for right now, 15 mm-hmm. years later. So ah, I do miss this game a lot and, and I want to play it again too. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me sad. But yeah, top rated game, dude, this is mm-hmm. deep. So basically actually, no, I, I do take that back. We matched it. It, it. it matches Goldeneye 007. That's the only oh, game that okay. I mean, but come wow. on. Yeah. I was going to say, we, we either love jointless creatures or we love we shooting people. We love everything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Pierce Brosnan. That's the spectrum right there. That's what it is. <laughs> but with the review out of the way, that means... We do have to say goodbye. And with that, we do want to thank you for listening to Digital Dissection. As always, we appreciate all that the Dissection crew does for us week after week. Your support really does go a long way. And if you happen to stumble upon today's episode by accident, if you could go ahead, uh, like, subscribe, and maybe even write a review for us, it would really mean a lot to the show. We also love hearing from you. So feel free to message us over at digitaldissectionpodcasts at gmail.com. We welcome your ideas for future shows and, well, anything you'd like to discuss. And until next time, keep on dissecting. That's right. Boom. Yeah. Right there. I just throw it in there at the end. And- yep. yep. Mm-hmm. That'll do it.